Yes, good morning and welcome to the Sports Desk here on Zin. You're listening to the Wednesday team. Um, we're going to do a bit of a debate and a bit of a wrap-up for the entire year um, as, obviously, the year has come to an end. It's my last show as EP, but the new EP, well, one of them, is in studio with us as well, so we'll introduce you to her in just a minute. But, as always, boys, Cooper, Jackmore, good morning. 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 How are you guys feeling? We're good. A bit hot, but that's I know, right. this weather is just an absolute schmozzle. <laughs> And we also have the lovely Taylor in as well. Good morning, Taylor. I'm back. Hello. You're back and you will be EP for next year along with Caleb. So yeah, congratulations. Yeah, very exciting, especially because we've got some huge sporting events uh, next year. We've got yeah. the Tokyo yeah. Olympics as well yeah, as... true. Yeah, as well as we always do well with the football and the tennis. So, yeah, very exciting. No, you'll, you'll have the tennis covered, so <laughs> we're not worried. But anyway, congratulations and I'm really excited for you guys and I can't wait to see what you guys get up to, so... Anyway, we're going to get into some sporting topics. We're going to kick it off with soccer. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, there was some, well, obviously the EPL doesn't happen midweek, but um, there was the Carabao Cup. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. It was the quarterfinals this morning, as well as tomorrow morning as well. They've done it every few days. And this morning, the Aston Villa versus Liverpool game had me a bit fired up a few weeks back when I had discussed it with James as to which team should be playing against Aston Villa and which team Liverpool should play against... Oh, I don't even know playing, but they're playing in guitar tomorrow morning. Yeah, Monterney? I've no yeah, idea if that's the right way to it. For another League Cup thing. Yeah. Anyway, this morning's result, it was 5-0. Yes, 5-0, yeah. yes. the 4-0 at half-time. Meaning um, Liverpool lost 5-0. We sent all of our juniors out, and I've got nothing against that, but no. <laughs> like, our average age was, as you said before, 19. 19 years and 182 days, and the average shirt number was 67, and obviously that means like it's a lot of all youth the... guys and stuff like that because the sort of lower numbers are all for the first-team players. So It's a good thing that they got the experience in what could be a, a big game for them. Obviously, it's a, it's a cup. It's a yeah, it's a quarter-final, so... Um, but it's just disappointing. Like, we were on a good winning streak and we did not send one senior player out there. Like, I get we've got a big game tomorrow morning, yes, but would you not want to have some experience to be playing out there? Because I feel like the only experienced guy out there was probably Callahan, our goalkeeper, and he did nothing, and Elliot as well, and, like, that's just not a good sign. Anyway, I'm just annoyed, so somebody else can Do you know what I've just realised about this? What? Because... It's the Carabao Cup, and you're under 21s for like the Premier League teams are allowed to compete. Mm. So Liverpool's under 21s team got knocked out, and they've just got to play again, Literally. like under the senior team. So they got knocked out. We they got, got to play out again. Both, both times we got knocked out. <laughs> anyway, not happy about that. But I sort of like I get it because you've obviously Club World Cup tomorrow. It's a pretty big thing. Most of the time, the European champions. Uh, so obviously, Liverpool are the Champions League winners. Usually they're the ones that win the Club World Cup. So I get that you'd take that seriously. And realistically, the Carabao Cup's probably the least sort of big cup in England in terms of, you know, you've got the FA Cup. So that's a little bit of a bigger prize. I feel like if it was the FA Cup, they may have sort of had a little bit of a better squad. But because it's the Carabao Cup, I think... Our best under-23 player in Brewster didn't even play. He was injured. I was like, this would have been his perfect opportunity, make his mark, you know, nothing, didn't play. I know he's injured, but not happy. Not yeah. Happy. 
If yeah. I didn't play FIFA, I wouldn't even know half this squad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, true. Like, I only though. know Herbie Kane and Hoeva because I play FIFA and yeah. Wonder Kids on it. It's the only <laughs> reason why I know. You just sign them on the cheap in their first season. Did Aston Villa play any of their, like, really good players? I or was it sort of with the youth players as well? Or because, I mean, I saw the results this morning, but I didn't wake up to watch because, I mean, I don't I mean, really... Carabao Cup's not that important to me. So, yeah, I don't know if they played the best team. Like, it's obviously, even if they played probably half their senior team, Premier League team, it's going to beat a, a youth yeah. squad, obviously. But it'd be interesting to know what sort of... I feel like of, there's some big names. Yeah. Uh, I think the most recognisable names would be Douglas Louise and Trezeguet. Yeah, okay, Trezeguet. Yeah, fair enough. So, I mean... It's Liverpool even scored an own goal and went like, <laughs> you know, not happy. They did, the anyway. defensive performance was pretty good in the second half. I mean, they were down four oh, nil at half time. Half, so yeah, that's a, that's a positive. It's a positive. <laughs> we only let them kick one goal yeah, yeah. <laughs> in extra time. Yeah, yeah well, but I good. tell you what, they better they better put in a performance tomorrow if if you know they've they've rested everyone for the for the Club World Cup, obviously against I think so. Monterrey are the they're the Mexican champion. Yes, so. Uh, I was I was actually looking at them before, and they're like seventh in their league right now, which is. Well, this would be a good game then. I yeah. Get up early for this. Four thirty. Whoa! I don't know about that. I just enjoyed sleeping. I would watch the <laughs> final, but I wouldn't watch the semi final. No way. Oh, you got to support the boys. Yeah, yeah. Not I'm, good enough. I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that keen on. Do we Club see obviously the Mexican team beating Liverpool? They just passed the African champions. I doubt they're going to beat them. No, <laughs> the no. Champions League champions. I've got something to look forward to tomorrow morning. <laughs> now, uh, talking about the EPL, obviously it's round 17 of 23. Is that right? No, probably be no, 38. 38. Yeah, 38. 37, I, I, 38. I knew that there's a three in there somewhere. Um, and they're 10 points clear at the moment yep. of Leicester. And I think they're about 13 points ahead of Man City. Yeah. Can we see either Leicester or Man City catch Liverpool? No, no. But you if anyone can do it, if anyone can choke it, it's Liverpool. I'm like, oh, you know, I just previous history, agree previous there. history. Agree there. But I, I, agree. I think they're a completely different team to what they have been in the past in terms of those teams in history that have, you know, for a lack of a better word, choked it. But they're they're winning games that they need to win. So obviously the Premier League's that league that's anyone can win on their certain day and most of the time in the previous years when they've not won the title you know been close but haven't won it's because they've lost to those sort of lower end teams but you know they beat uh, they beat Watford sorry on the on the weekend which their last which they should be beating but those are the games that they need to win especially yeah. now like if you're 10 points um, ahead at the moment halfway through the season practically as long as you beat those teams and then maybe get some draws against the top teams, which, I mean, they've played like half of the top teams already, so they'll have to play them one more time. But if you at least get some results, mate, you, you can afford to lose a couple, but not against those small teams. I feel like the, the most exciting thing about the EPL right now is sort of that fourth to about eighth positioning. Yep. As to who's going to really make the top four and qualify for Champions League and the Europe, because uh, Europa League, because they're all you know within like a couple of points yeah, from each tight. other, and I feel like that's the most exciting thing coming towards the end of this EPL is looking at all right, which one of those squads is actually going to make it, and which ones you know going to fall short, because every other part of the you, the ladder, if you look at it, really, it's not that exciting. We know which teams are going to get relegated, and maybe you know the one team that possibly couldn't 
would be the Southampton, Austin Villa, which one of them, and maybe yep. Everton, um, that might you know get relegated, might not. So that's that's the only other good well thing to look at. But everything else is sort of set. Okay, you know your top three. Yeah, you know f- your bottom three, give or take. Yeah, it's like that four to twelve is like it's eight points. Really? So that's extremely tight, and especially with I don't want to say it, but Chelsea's form recently has not been great. So and. Tottenham sort of... Well, they've only lost... They've ref- won one yeah. of the f- last five, yeah. Chelsea, so... Thanks for that, yeah. You're uh, But <laughs> Tottenham, obviously, new manager in Jose. He usually has a, a good impact to start. So you'll see them sort of gain form, I would have thought, and United have been playing better of recent. I so. feel like the sneaky two teams that I'm going to sneaky chances to who could get up there would be Sheffield and the Wolves. I reckon Sheffield, there's there's going to be an eventual collapse. They can't keep this up. You reckon? They've been ridiculous this season. Like, that squad is a championship squad, and they've just yep. been balling in it. Yeah. Wolves have got the talent. They've got the depth. They'll probably I feel climb like up, not Sheffield. I feel like the two teams that really could either make or break that yep. final spot. I agree. Whether they collapse or whether they actually get there or not. But I think Wolves' trouble will also be the fact that they're still playing European football. So they're mm. going to have... You know, that that squad depth that you're talking about, Jay, is going to definitely stretch just because of the fact that they've got European football. So whether that, you know, because we've seen that in the past where teams who don't have European football can flourish because they don't have as many um, games, so injuries are less likely. The squad's a little bit, uh, the depth is a lot better. So There's three big games this weekend for the APL. And I'll tell you which three. So there's the Aston Villa versus Southampton. They're both on the same points. If the winner obviously keeps them above relegation for the minute, but that's a big game. They both want to win that. The other two games being in Man City versus Leicester. That's going to be a big game. And Tottenham versus Chelsea. The rest mm. are sort of, you can somewhat see who's going to yeah, win. Yeah, most of them are. Those three, I'd be keeping an eye on this weekend because um, it's just going to it's gonna change the, the latter a bit. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely... And you'll see out of those, uh, the Man City, Leicester and Tottenham, Chelsea, which one really want to make a mark and finish the season strong when they versus these Tell you, teams. Liverpool will just be watching the Man City-Leicester game, hoping for a draw. That, yeah, true. <laughs> I love how our game sort of postponed time to be announced, but... Yeah, that, that happens a lot during maybe, the maybe season, like maybe later the week season. off or something. I yeah. Don't <laughs> I don't know. Alrighty, guys, we're going to get to a quick break and then we'll be back with some more um, sport topics. Spolotics, I don't even know what you call it anymore. Um, this song is the top song of 2019. Bit of a shock when we when I told the boys what it is, but this is Senorita by Sean Mendes and Camila Cabello. You are listening to the Sports Desk here on Sin. Welcome back to the sports desk. A little bit of a, a technical glitch there, courtesy of my sister. So thank you for that, Nat. Um, we love a bit of a <laughs> technical glitch on a Wednesday, don't we? Yeah. Last show. Last show. <laughs> Great way to end it. Thank you, my sister. Um, anyway, we're back with the sports desk and we're going to talk some tennis um, because it was the playoffs last week for anyone that has been living under a rock. Um, and a lovely Taylor was there and so she knows sort of the ins and outs um, to 
the wild card, they're the wild yeah, card entries. Yeah, the wild card playoffs. So the top Australians who don't get direct entry into the main draw of the Australian Open 2020, they faced off last week, and we had some incredible tennis. So we've got actual six players from men's and women's are in the top 100 already. So they get direct entry, and then we've got six players just outside, probably 120 um, above, who actually um, who, who, who are playing great, who deserve to be in it. So, yes, we had the wildcard playoff uh, last week, which is very exciting. We had some amazing performances. We had Storm Sanders, um, who's been out of the singles game for two years. She um, came back. It was her probably second month back to the singles game. She's won a title since, and and, um, yeah, she made it to the finals against Arena Rodinova, who celebrated her 30th birthday on Sunday. So it was really good to see them two face off in the final, as Storm Sanders and Arena Rodinova are both players who, well, um, showed some incredible strengths like coming from the juniors and then tra- transitioning into the pro circuit. So we watched that final on Sunday and Rodinova won in straight sets. From memory, it was 6-4-7-5. Um, however, Storm Sanders, she played incredibly well. She was so, like, she showed some great sportsmanship, sportsmanship um, after the match and she was all smiles. But Arena um, Rodinova was just too strong, especially uh, the longer the rallies went. Um, the more it favoured her. Uh, so then she got that lucky wild card uh, for next year's Australian Open 2020. And the thing is, this wild card can really change someone's career because, one, you get paid pretty well to appear in the first round of the main draw. Uh, two, you get a lot of points. Uh, so your ranking like builds up. Therefore, you get into a lot more tournaments. So a lot of players who don't make it into direct entry into the tournament. They use it as a launch pad for next season. So then um, over to the men's draw, we had John Patrick Smith, who's the veteran, 30 years old, against Max Purcell, 23-year-old. They were both from Queensland, and they were were playing some great tennis throughout the week. John Patrick Smith, he um, was a master of all trades. He went um, to college and actually had the most incredible college well, Korea. He got to number one in both singles and doubles uh, in America, and which is huge. So he's very an honorary player. And then Max Purcell is a little bit younger. Um, he's very crafty. Came to the net, and yeah, it was it was a great match. John Patrick Smith ended up winning, um, and it was just really good good to see that. But I think the highlight, well, not the highlight, but well. Oh, I'll say the highlight for me during the week was first round, Alex Bolt against um, Blake Mott. And I'm not sure if you guys all watched it, but it hit headlines, Channel 9 News, Channel 7 News. But Blake Mott, who's been out of the game, he retired after the 2017 US Qualies. He decided that he wanted to start again. So in September, he came. He had this fairy tale comeback. He was playing some incredible tennis. And Alex Bolt, who is 128 in the world, um, uh, from memory, could be give or take a few places, but um, but Blake Mott was yeah, but he was seated. Like he was seated number one. Blake uh, Alex Bolt in the tournament. Blake Mott was definitely the underdog, obviously because he hasn't really played that much yeah. um, since. But he came back first round, one set all. Oh no, two sets to one to Blake Mott, um, and it was three all. 
and then Blake Mott hit this amazing passing shot but fell and he ended up fracturing his wrist. But the highlight of this, not that he fractured his wrist, but the highlight was the incredible sportsmanship Alex Bolt showed. It's good to see that. Yeah, Alex Bolt like ran over straight away um, and to help his mate out. And look, he was very emotional and told the press and everything after the match that look, Blake Mott should have been in that position. And it's also very emotional as well just because they share the same coach, they train together, and, like, when you play with one of your friends, well, when you've got that deep of a connection, you don't want them to be injured. And the fact he went out like that really was very emotional, but it did show incredible sportsmanship. I feel like Alex Bolt, um, as a player, has gotten better over the years. And to see that, he just shows how much of a gentleman he is, both on and off the court. Like, you go back to last year, or this year, I should say, when... I know, I'm already... Yeah, already in 2020. I'm already in 2020, because um, the Oz Open's, like, not far away. Yeah, but oh this God. year, when he was... It's just under, I think, from memory, 35 days? Or yeah, something. He's counting that. It no, starts January... The, well, main draw starts January the 20th, and it goes through to February the 2nd. There you go, Taylor knows everything. Um, no, what I was saying was last year when he played in the Oz, this year when he played in the Oz Open, you could see the way he carried himself throughout the tournament. I can't remember how far he got, but I know he got he, to the third round. That's it, thank which you. is an incredible feat considering he was a wild card. And exactly. He got, that, so, he got like he didn't win the wild cards last year. He got given a wild card uh, through Tennis Australia, um, and also he had lots to prove because he got the wild card ahead of Thansi Kokniakis and a few bolt guys that. Well, they assumed they would have got it. So he actually ended up getting to the third round, which is his best result so far. Um, he beat, I think, Jack Sock, who is a top 10, well, yeah. was a former top 10 player first round, American, yeah. moved on and played Gilles Simone, Simon, <laughs> who was ranked, I think, 27 in main draw. Um, and he beat him in fi- a massive five-set thriller. And then in the third round, he went down against uh, Zavrev. But look... It's He's good. number fourth seed, so yeah. it just goes to show that we've got, um, especially amazing like, talent. Yeah, and amazing talent. Even if you're given a wild card or not, if you put your best foot forward, you can make it somewhere. Because that Alex Bolt proved that last yeah. year. Yeah, even though he was, and a also wild card. he proved it last year. That's why I'm really excited just to see Arena Rodanova and John Patrick Smith in the main draw, but also Kimberly Burrell and Astra Sharma. Kimberly Burrell <laughs> won the wild card playoff last year. She got to the second round of the main draw, Astra Sharma lost to Kimberly Burrell in the finals of the wildcard playoff, but she, she got yeah, but she got given a wildcard through Tennis Australia like due to her awesome results because it was her first full season on the pro circuit and she made it to third round, but also with John Patrick Smith, so here it all ties it all together, they teamed up um, for mixed doubles and they lost in the finals but made the finals. Like that's an incredible result and the story that was also like pretty cool to hear was that John Patrick Smith and Astra Sharma had actually never played doubles together. So it just goes to show that we've got a, a massive Aussie pool. And now that Ash Barty's number one, I think it's now, and we've got so many like players within the top 200 where they're all working together and really helping each other build those rankings. Hey, Taylor, how's your voice? Good. Yeah, good. You I can go on about for, this for you ages. You spoke for eight minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had a breath. <laughs> anyway, you've all heard the tennis news here. You spoke about the playoffs. Um, so keep an eye on them for next year. Arena yeah. Rodanova and John Patrick Smith is who everyone should be keeping an eye out on. Yeah, as well as all the other Aussies that are in the draw as well. Now, on that note, we're going to get to a quick song. Let's 
probably technical things work now. Um, we're going to go with um, Saka by the Jonas Brothers. You are listening to the Sports Desk here on Sin. That was Sucker by the Jonas Brothers. You are listening to Sports here on scene with Moni, Cooper, Giacomo and Taylor. I almost forgot your name there. Sorry, Tay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you were looking at me I and like, I was like, uh, anyway. I was like, I've been here the whole year, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. You drive me home after the show. <laughs> I do. Yet you forget my name. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Now, uh, if you're just joining us, we're going to be talking about cricket. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Australia won the first test against New Zealand over there in Perth. And you can kind of say it was a bit of a whitewash because... It was. New Zealand did not make more than, I think, they, what was they, 160 They didn't the average. make more than 200. Yeah, that's it. So, so, not a good result for New Zealand. But, Coop, you said last week you rated them pretty highly. Yeah, I was a bit wrong about that, wasn't I? Well, not it's wrong. first I test, mean, first test, yeah. so you can't say much. But uh, our bowling was just... Unstoppable. Very good. So pretty. It was a shame to see Hazel will go down within his second mm. over, but in saying that, he got a wicket. So yeah. <laughs> one for zero. That's a good result, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, good figures. But yeah, no. So <laughs> yeah. it's so Siddle um, has been brought into the squad, uh, but most likely it's going to be James Pattinson that will replace mm-hmm. Hazelwood, uh, which I think is a correct decision. It's good to have a a uh, Vic guy too, hopefully playing in the Boxing Day Test. So uh, that that's a good thing, but. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a whitewash, which you're right. I was sort of pumping up New Zealand last week, <laughs> saying, you know, we've got to be careful, don't, you know, Pakistan and not New us, Zealand. Yeah. But yeah, I was completely wrong. Although I do think the next two tests will be a little bit more competitive. I think Kane Williamson hopefully makes a bit of a stand, sort of as a they'll get captain, fired up. Here, hopefully, here uh, Melbourne, they'll get fired up. Yeah, I don't. They didn't. They didn't bowl. I don't think terribly. Badly, like uh, I, I think it was just their batting and probably our bowling, really. Like, not making 200 is pretty poor, so yeah. I, I think MCG, it's a big, obviously, boxing day test. It's always it's a big a, game, really. Probably the one of the biggest, it's a huge cricket game. matches in the world. So. Everyone loves going, yeah. Boxing day, except for yeah. me, it's probably one of the, would you say it's probably one of the biggest <laughs> games in Australia. Um, for the year, for cricket, I think it is. Oh, for cricket, for cricket yeah. absolutely. I think it's, the be- it's the biggest probably cricket event. It's probably one of the biggest sporting events for Australia, I think. Although, I mean, we were talking about it last week, how it's been a little bit, a bit dead off. Yeah. the last couple of years, but hopefully it sort of is a bit... I think Boxing Day Test, and you put that with like the Melbourne Cup and the AFL Grand Final, they're yep. probably the three biggest yeah. sporting events in Victoria for the year and probably Australia as well. And then maybe you can put the NRL grand final in there as yeah. well and the Australian Open for sure. Yeah. But, you know, it's I would say the Australian amazing. Open is probably one of the biggest sporting yeah. events because Absolutely. it's the start of a new year. Yeah. And also, like, it is one of the biggest events. Like, their, their footprint this year coming into 2020, they've got, like... Like the, what they've got the AO live stage, they've got like the ball. Yeah, they've got like a they've lot got going on. It's not just and it's about not just tennis. tennis. Yeah. So people can watch tennis in the morning, and then and there's a lot of revenue that comes into yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah from tourism marketing. Yeah, it really puts us on center stage for the world for that two weeks, three weeks, really. That's pretty cool. Anyway, we're talking about the Boxing Day Test, not not tennis. <laughs> now, obviously, there will be the one change 
in the batting lineup, obviously we we batted pretty well. There's no doubt about that. And I I think so far you can say Marnus Lavashane. Did I pronounce his name right? Yeah, that's pretty good. Has actually. been you know the man of the series. Like he was amazing against Pakistan. He's already done really well against New Zealand. If he keeps that form up, you know, could there be anyone that comes closer to him as the man of the series? Maybe Mitchell Stark with his bowling because he got five in yep. Perth, but. He is probably one of the best concussion sub in players that anyone has seen in cricket. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because it's an, that, it's pretty new, the concussion sub too. So, yeah, I would have thought so. But it's quite lucky for us too to sort of stumble, not stumble upon him because he played in those test matches uh, against India, but um, like last year. But he... It's like he wasn't the in right the, time. obviously he yeah exactly he wasn't in the team obviously in the eleven for the Ashes. Um, Steve Smith gets that concussion. He comes in and really was probably the, the second best bat we had other than Steve Smith because obviously Warner wasn't doing Warner much was at all. Wade anything. Wade played um, in patches and so did Travis Head and but so he he's definitely been um, he was definitely the most second most consistent batsman other than Steve, Steve Smith and then realistically. He's probably been the best batter so far in these three games we've played, or, or David oh, yeah. Warner, obviously, but uh, I think Marnus's He's uh, been a lot ton more against, um, against New Zealand has a little bit more sort of quality to it than David Warner's against Pakistan. That's just sort of my yeah, opinion. Yeah. But 335 reasons and yeah, you know, well, not yeah. out. Well, he did start uh, talking about Lavashan. He started 2018 as a fringe test player. Yeah. Mm. He's, However... He's well. He's set to finish 2019 as Australia's highest Test run scorer, and as you said, he's been picked for the squad in India next year. But yeah. he already looks like the most solid third batsman to come in. Like yeah, is, yep. that, is that what you call it? Third yeah, like, yeah, yeah, coming in. Because like, yeah. if you look at everybody else's played at number three, obviously Smith was at number three for a while, and he was looked really good as well. You can't go past him, but. Kawaja was sort of at three for a little bit. Burns, yeah, there was, was a bit of there was a bit of not having someone fully consistent at in that, that spot. Three. Yeah, yep. and I feel yep. like he is sort of he's locked in that role for the next you know obviously the next two test matches for sure. But he, it's just good to see a lot of players playing consistent cricket, and you know now you can maybe put Warner into that category, even though he had to have bad Ashes series with the bat, but. Obviously, playing against Pakistan doesn't really count. It was like a warm-up game. But yeah. it's, he's been consistent over the three. I just hope, come boxing, that he keeps it up. It's a big game. You know, they'll want to win that game and then win this. No, because if they win that test, they'll win the series, yep. isn't it? Yep. Yeah, that's correct. So they'll want to, you know, come in, not all guns blazing, but be able to enough to say, look, we played well, we were consistent, and he would want that too, as David Warner, because he wasn't good in England. Mm-hmm. And maybe Smith will get a few more runs because he's been a bit quiet since coming back. Yeah, it's definitely. I think it's just because of how well we've been playing. The fact that the yeah, position really he's been it. in hasn't been where he needs to take over, sort of thing. We've been in a good position, and when we're in a good position and you want to attack and stuff like that, it's not really his game. Like, mm. he's more of a, you know, buckle down and play his shots and be there for a long, long time. So that's probably why he hasn't been as successful. But, I mean, no one's saying anything bad about him. No, he's, no. he's had a few bad innings, but that doesn't, you know, you just, you no one says like, it, yeah. It'd be like calling Dustin Martin out. You just can't. They're just yeah. too much, too many, like, they're such good players. You just can't. Yeah. Another good thing to see out of the test, I don't know if you guys agreed, but although Lyon was our main spinner and he did incredibly well, the GOAT, 
It was also good to see Travis Head and Lavashane bowl a few overs too, to give him a somewhat of a bit of a, a relax and put the ease off. But they bowled really well, those spinners. Like, I, I think that's really big as well for the tests that we're going to have in the subcontinent. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ, I stuff that. Like, in the <laughs> subcontinent, just because... We've got so many... Because Labuschagne and Head... Uh, Labuschagne bats are three and Head bats are five, or six. five or six. Yeah. You need those part-time spinners in the subcontinent. You can't just have Nathan Lyon as the only one. Because most of the time in the subcontinent, you even play two spinners and two um, and two pace bowlers instead of having the sort of Four. conventional yeah. three pace and one spinner. So you, you possibly could still have three pace bowlers and then have Gaz and then just... Have Labuschagne, Smith, yeah. and Head to be able to bowl spin part time. I feel like it's our squad has never looked so good because we've got so many players that yep. can do so many well and give everyone a break here or there. It's actually good for Australian cricket. Finally, yes. I know. It's we've been calling for some consistency, and we've got it now. I've got this squad; but it's I, looking brilliant. I exactly. also think because the young ones had to really step up the last few years, so I think that also allows. Or them to really develop their strengths, yep. um, and also they w- they weren't able to rely on the veterans of the game yeah. because of like a few of them were suspended. Yeah, having having Smith and Warner out was in some ways handy because, like, obviously we didn't play well against India, we didn't win the series, and there's not many times in recent history where we haven't won here, like the series here. But it's good to give those guys experience. So Head came into the squad, Wade came into the squad. Uh, and they've obviously kept their spots because they've yeah. done well. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, the bowlers, we've got four or five bowlers that have just been so consistent over the last couple of years, especially knock on wood, the fact that we have haven't had any injuries with the guys of Cummins and Hazelwood obviously went down just before, but we've got Pattinson as a replacement as well. So it's it's handy having a those strike rotation. bowlers and, mm. yeah, it, it's good having that consistency. Well, on that note, we're going to get to a quick break, and then it's a segment that I'm excited for. We're going to talk about the, our highlights for this year as well as for the decade because we're going to a new decade, so we're going to talk about some amazing sporting moments. All right, we're going to play Dance Monkeys by Tones and Eyes. You are listening to the Sports Desk here on Sin. That was Dance Monkeys by Tones and I. You are listening to the Sports Desk here on Scene with Cooper, Giacomo, Taylor and Moni. Um, bit of a classic there for this year, that song. Anyway, we are talking sporting highlights for 2019 and then we'll get to the decade. But we'll start with 2019. What were some of your favourite sporting memories for this year? Uh, the phenomenon that was the big, big sound. Yeah, it's playing. Can you hear it? Get it, it up. There you go. There we go. This song, when it, you know, the Giants were in the finals that week, the amount of memes I saw with this in the back in the background yeah. was uh, just, it just quality. So, bit of context. Pump, they had to pump themselves up a little bit. <laughs> Didn't yeah. work, did it? No, but can I just say that? Well, the semi-final was so good. Yeah, it was a And great they game. were missing their top players. Yeah. And they, well, I'm a Collingwood supporter. They killed us. They killed us. And then the top players come back and they just play pathetic. Mm. Anyway, I'm a bit... Um, oh, it was just... Still mad. I'm still mad So that. it was pretty much... They beat <laughs> Brisbane in the semi-final and everyone just went nuts about it. It was like, oh, everyone jumped on board the GWS bandwagon. 
And then they beat Collingwood in the prelim. And for that entire week leading up to the grand final, everyone was just on board the giant bandwagon. It was the big, big sound. Memes are everywhere. Everyone's getting on board. And it was just so anticlimactic what happened in the grand final. Yeah, day. they got smacked. Let's just not much. talk about yeah, it. Like, <laughs> absolutely got smacked. I, I think I was probably the only one that wasn't on the Giants bandwagon purely because I don't like the song. <laughs> and I just didn't I want love this song. song. I actually get that around it. Gonna, I think, I think I it's a good song. I was back the Tigers in, sadly. So, anyway. <laughs> no, but I must say, just talking about the Tigers, you have to give them credit. They won, what, three premierships in a row? No. Uh, no. They did well, not. nearly. They yeah. won. They lost the, the middle one. They lost the middle one. So, so 17, like, then they lost actually, they didn't even make the grand final that year. No. It was Collingwood West Coast that made it. You were there. Said the Collingwood supporter. Doesn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tate, what was your, sporting, what was your um, sporting highlight for this year? Well, I've got two sporting highlights this year, and I'd love to tell them both. Um, Ash Barty, obviously, getting to the world number one ranking in tennis big, is big. huge. Just because, well, one, like, she's an inspiration to, like, well, she's the number one in the world, so an inspiration to, like, everyone out there, especially, like, people trying to make it in the tennis world, but also not tennis either because it just goes to show that we as Australians can compete and be just as good as everyone in the world. But then my second um, highlight was I really liked Pickett from the Tigers when he was picked to his debut, debut on the AFL Grand Final, <laughs> and he's 27 years old. To make your debut at 27 years old is also another massive sporting highlight because it goes to show that age is not a factor in becoming a professional. You know what I saw the other day? Marlon Pickett has played less games, won more premiership than what Fremantle has. <laughs> it's very funny. I'm sorry, I but just don't could you not think, laugh at that the other day when I saw him. Like, do you know, gold. Don't you think there's so many people out there trying to make it as professional athletes and you always get told that when you pass a certain age like you should you should just give up well he's 27 years old it proves that the mid-season draft was kind of worth it for them anyway I agree and it's like a great what Taylor's saying it's great like it's a great initiative for all of those guys that are still trying to get to that level that you can you can can there's still another way in and like the thing is everyone's like well, when you pass a certain age, you probably should just give up. But it also now, like, he's an inspiration to a lot of those, well, men and women who are playing the VFL and VFLW, um, oh, the AFLW. Yeah, yeah, and all the uh, other sort and of all leagues. That kind of stuff, which is great. What was your. Um, mine was, and I don't want to bore people and go back to cricket, but Steve Smith's return slash our. Well, we didn't win the. Ashes, we didn't win the series, but we retained the Ashes. So to go over there, we hadn't won a series since 2001, I think. And again, we didn't win it, but we drew it and got the, got like retained the Ashes. I thought that was huge, especially with what had happened in the previous 18 months with all the suspensions and, and the fact that we, you know, were quite poor against India here. It was just unbelievable. Uh, and Steve Smith's first innings, 144, we were shocking the first I think we were like three for nothing yeah he comes in 144 I still can remember him hitting it through the cover four and you just hear all the Australians just roar was grass um yeah average 110 throughout the series only batsman really other than Labrachain once he come in yeah that looked any good looked you know comfortable controlled as he always does um especially when in comparison to David Warner who also returned and was dreadful agreed so that was my moment of yep, the year. I agree. My moment of the year, funny enough, is the same as James, who is not here today, but he sent in his highlight for this year. 
Um, and we were both very happy. Well, I was extremely happy. Liverpool winning the Champions League. Final you were this very year. happy. Very happy, <laughs> considering the heartbreaking loss the year before. Um, so you probably didn't stop talking about that win for like <laughs> a few months after. You'd always come yeah. in, speak about Liverpool, and we I'm won. That's sitting here mattered. being like, "Yep, <laughs> that's all that mattered. We won." So yeah, that was my highlight for this year. Funny enough, it's not even about AFL, which that's a bit of a shock for me. But that was definitely a highlight, and probably a second highlight, like in the. Like coming in close from that was when Ruffy retired from the Hawks, oh, playing yeah. in his last game, oh. kicking six, and everyone just everyone just wanted him to. Just was. What, I actually cried that game because <laughs> he was leaving. Like, every time he got the ball, I was just like in tears. I'm like, oh my god, you poor thing, because um, he's had a, an amazing career, went through so much. He went, he especially the last on a good note. Yeah, last year he all, he delisted himself basically because he thought he wasn't. Well, up he to wasn't scratch. up to scratch, but he did really well in the VFL. Really well. He really taught those players a lot. Yeah. Comes back, kick six, ends his career. Good on him. So well done. Ravi. As a Hawthorne support, I absolutely love that. Absolutely. Was there watching it live, and his last goals. Oh, yeah, what? it was just <laughs> it was just perfect. Anyway, we're going to move over to our favourite highlight of the decade. If anyone doesn't know what a decade is, it's from 2010 to 2019, because obviously next year we're going to a second, another decade. A decade's 10 years. Yeah, but just some, people don't, some people don't know that. And like, I just, like, when I ask them, like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. Anyway, who wants to say their favourite moment for the decade? I have, like, two, and I really can't, like, just decide. Pick, just so, say both. 2011 grand final, Cats fan, uh, so... Sorry, Taylor Collins supporter, but <laughs> I went to the game. Uh, so great memory for me. Last one that we've won, so it's been a while. But uh, yeah, that one. And then uh, for the Premier League, Leicester winning the Premier League in I think it was twenty sixteen seventeen. I believe fifteen sixteen. Oh, no, what a it was yeah. unbelievable. They were coming from where did they finish the year before? They like, were in, they only just got out of the relegation yeah, zone by in, in the year much. before. Then got the new manager, took them to unbelievable a Jamie Vardy, Riyad Mahrez, Kante to win the the league in a in a league that you never see. You know, top six. It's it never happens really in any of the big leagues to see anyone like that come through and win it. Unbelievable. Yep, good one. Giacomo, your uh, decade favourite moment. Obviously, Hawthorne for repeat. <sighs> that was mine. <laughs> it can be. Every, it should be everyone's. That's exactly right. It's definitely not mine. No, <laughs> a period of dominance. I didn't even have since a thought 19, about it, to be You guys ready for the fact of the year? Since 1960, Hawthorne is the only team to win a premiership every decade. There you go. Only team. That's pretty impressive. We are the though. benchmark so, of the competition. Impressive. We will take that <laughs> into next decade and pray we win another one. <laughs> yeah, well, drought's over break. 2020, We've new got, decade. You've got Tom Mitchell. Yeah, back knocking next. on wood there, yeah. I reckon yeah. you too. Which will be running, good. So. He's back running. Oh, yeah. Him and Jamo Mimpi are both back and running, which is good for Oh, that team. Oh, it's looking so good. <laughs> well, my favourite. I'm stepping away. I know I've already said this, but. Obviously, Ash Barty is number one in the world. Like, is that your moment of the decade? That is my moment of the decade. It's probably your moment of your life, I think, at this point. Yeah, well, you got to think, when was the last time we had an Australian as a number one? 2002, Lady Hewitt. There you Bang. go. She, she knows. She was ready. So, <laughs> can you say for an Australian to finish the rankings uh, as a number one? But as a female, in, too. No, as a female as well, but coming in to the Australian Open, home, like, soil, as number one, huge 
If 2020 Australian Open is going to be huge. If Ash Barty wins 2020 Australian Open, that's going to be her moment of the decade. Just <laughs> literally ja- January 2020. Yeah, done. That I don't need another set, one. She knows. <laughs> but you know, my moment was the Hawthorne three-peat as well. You definitely can't go past that. A, a, a decade of dominance, really, for the <sighs> first sort of thing. But I'm also going to go with the NFL. The mm. Patriots have won that many championships over the league. Yep. Like, they are in career. Uh, yep. Career. They have just been the deck. The the team of the decade for me. Yeah, team of the last 20 years, really. I feel like this year, this season, like there's probably two games to go until the playoffs, and they are looking pretty dangerous. They're just really yeah. consistent. Pretty dangerous. So that Brady Brychek, is that his name? Belichick. Belichick, Belichick thank you. Yeah. Is just is pretty unstoppable at the moment. So they're my other team of the decade moment yeah. as well. Alrighty, guys, that wraps up that little segment. We're going to get to a quick break and then we'll talk with some more little things. Um, this next song is High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. You are listening to the Sports Desk here on Sin. That was I Got High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. You are listening to the Sports Desk here on scene with Cooper, Giacomo, Taylor and Moni. It is our final show for the year and uh, we're going to finish this last segment. Is to something we're looking forward to for next year in 2020 in sport or the next decade, whatever you guys want to go with. Obviously, next year is a big year in sport. We've got the Olympics. I think the World Cup is on next no, year. I think it's 2022. Euros. Oh, Euros, Euro, yeah. That's yeah I think there was a couple of something on. Um, what are we looking forward to? With the topic of the Euros. As an Italian, I'm absolutely keen for Italy in the Euros. I love that. Oh, we are nice. balling Italy, Italy, uh, in the Italy qualification. Roberto Mancini has got them playing good football. I'm looking forward to it. Forza Italia, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Made me so proud there as an Italian as well. Anyway, Taylor, your turn. I've got two. I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but Australian Open. Well, I did not see that coming. <laughs> you see that coming, guys? Anyway, Australian wow. Open, obviously, Ash Barty's world number one. Excited to see some great Aussie talent. We've got a massive pool at the moment, all pushing to be within the top 100. Also, Tokyo Olympics. Bring it on. I love the Olympics. I love watching the diving. I love watching everything about the Olympics. I out of all sports to pick in the Olympics, you pick the diving? Well, what? because I really like watching it, like the synchronised diving, just so fun. You mean synchronised swimming? No, um, I mean, what's the pairing of the two oh, doubles? Ah, now I know what you two mean. Two divers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just think, like, it's, it takes incredible skill to dive. They look so, like, Calm sync. and just, like... I do, I do love the Olympics like yes. that because there's things that you never would watch just, like, normal competition, yeah. but in the Olympics, you're you just like, synchronised diving, 4am, yeah. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> Absolutely, I want to watch that. You know what I mean? Like but archery, no. absolutely. No, but also like it, the Olympics is so good because it gives a lot, like a lot of maybe smaller sports the platform. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and media attention that they actually deserve. Anyway, that's I me. I agree. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna stick with the Olympics, but a specific sport, Australian basketball, Ooh. because Ooh. we have been, I would say, disappointing in the last Olympics and then the World Cup. So we had the. The World Cup, like the FIBA World Cup this year, had a really, really good squad and didn't medal 
and we should have meddled. We should, I, I reckon we should have won the gold, but that's just my opinion. Mm. We lost to Spain in the semi-final, then um, in the bronze medal game, I cannot remember, uh, France. We lost to France in the bronze medal game, and we should have won that as I've well. I've got so, a question yep. for you. Um, ben Simmons, an Australian yep. basketballer, yep. but playing over in America. Yep. What are your thoughts on that? Should he represent Australia? Well, I think I think he, he I think he oh, well, he definitely should because he's the best Australian player in the world, but Agreed. he will play from what I know he will play in the Olympics. It's just that he got a new contract um at his NBA team Philadelphia 76ers and because of that he didn't play um, in the World Cup just because he wanted to focus on the fact that he just signed a new yeah. contract. So, you know, he's obviously he's contracted with the Sixers, so he's got to put that sort of work in. But from what I, you know, all reports, he'll be playing in the World Cup. So I expect a strong showing from our, our team. Very Hopefully, exciting. at least a medal. At least a medal. Mm. Well, Couldn't agree with all of you more. Isn't the coach of the 76ers, Brett Brown, he's the Aussie coach? Yeah, isn't so they've. An, another so reason. So surely you bring Simmons and Jonah Bolden another, with you, you're coming with me. That we're going to win this together. And he said like, he's obviously the best, um, the best basketball, Australian basketball yeah. there is. But he's also probably one of the best basketball players at the moment, like up and coming. Yeah. Like, he's probably top 20 basketball yeah, player. Yeah, he'll be a household really. name 100%. sooner. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. If he finds a jump shot, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> My moment that I'm looking forward to next year is I'm a bit of a winter nut. I like my winter X Games, so I'm Ooh. looking forward to that. Australia Day weekend next year, I will be watching the X Games. It is January twenty third to the 26th, babe. Um, so I will be watching the Winter Games. I love that. I love a bit of tennis, but I can't wait for the AFL. Let's be real. Footy is what I live for. Yeah. So bring on the next decade of footy. Um, Who yeah. you reckon? Let's go the next 10 years. What team will stand out? Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> They'll, they'll stand gonna, out. They're going to stand out. Stand out. The they're not team. even going to be in the competition in exactly. Liverpool. That's why they're going to stand out. In 10 years' You mean time, the Tasmania Suns? The ta- <laughs> what are gonna, surely you can't be the Suns in Tasmania. It's freezing down there. <laughs> anyway, that's not what I'm looking forward to. But it'd be nice to see the Suns do something. I think Richmond will continue their dominance. Richmond, for definitely. The footy, for the footy. But I also think... Look, I think there's a, quite a few teams. Like it's it's hard to call just because in ten years anything. It is can very happen. hard to call. I think the last couple of years, although Richmond have been quality, the fact that they didn't win in um, eighteen sort of shows something. So I think it's really out there. I like Collingwood squad to be honest. With yes, you. Uh, Collingwood yeah. supporter, hundred percent. I, I just mean, you got her upset well, yeah, before. I got her upset before, but yeah. I and because I yeah, don't really like Richmond bus, in all yeah. honesty, so I want to <laughs> say anyone but Richmond. So I'll probably say Collingwood. I think Collingwood too. Like I think. Uh, Nathan Buckley, like, I know there was doubts of him taking over from Mick Malthouse after the premiership, but you know what? He has done so well, and he was not looking at it for, like, a short-term goal, but in a long-term goal. Yeah. Well, thank you, boys, for joining me here on the Sports Desk. On the Wednesday, you've been absolutely amazing the last few weeks. Can't wait to see what both of you get up to next year. Taylor, the same thing goes to you as EP next year. Good luck. Thank you. Have a ball. I know I did this year. And to everyone out there, thank you for listening to the Sports Desk for this year. Alex and I um, have had a ball being executive producers and learning so much and meeting so many amazing faces. We love talking about sport and we continue to do that um, throughout next year as well. But from all of us, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone and to you guys as well. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. So I won't see you until next year, but 
Um, that's it for us at the Sports Desk. Um, remember, you can catch us online um, at Facebook, on Facebook, I should say, on all social medias at the Sports Desk. Um, if you want to listen to any shows that you missed throughout the year, listen to our big calls, you can head to Omni or wherever you get your podcasting um, sources from. Just look up the Sports Desk and you can catch it there. But from us, thank you. Um, and yeah, that's us.